So, you know me, I'm always going to be transparent. You know, I like to stay hot. As I say, humble, open, and transparent. And I had a moment this last week where, you know, I, I wondered if I had a place, if I fit in a certain place and a certain thing. You know, there's all these different factors that make you wonder, you know, am I doing what you want me to do, Lord? But how come I feel like an outsider? How come I'm not doing what everybody else is doing? Why do I feel like I'm kind of on an island by myself? Why do I feel like, you know, it'd be easier to go with the crowd to keep drawing me to this secret place? Why is that, Lord? Why why can't I be like everyone else so that I fit in, that I'm with the clique, that I feel like I am accepted? And the Lord began to say to me, but you, you have to know where your seat is. You're seated at my table. You're seated at my table. And you're loved by me. You're accepted by me. That's why I love that song so much. It's one of the lines in that song that says, you know, I don't have to work for your love. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to perform. And I believe that many of us at times in our Christian walk, we're performing. We feel like, let me do all the Christian stuff. Let me do all the things that I think I need to do. And those are religion. But he's all about relationship. Relationship. And in this beautiful relationship, you can be who you are. You're accepted. And what's so powerful about this relationship is that as you come close to him, as you come to the table, you become more and more like him. The more you sit at that table, the more that you come and feast at that table, the more you're with him, you become what you behold. So the Lord says, come. Come to the table. Come and sit. You know, interesting thing about the table. Tables are significant in our lives, amen? What does a table mean to you? What does it represent to you? When I think of a table, right, I think of a gathering. I think of family. I think of friends. I think of good food. Come on, somebody, right? I think of laughter. I think of conversation. I think of closeness, relationship, fellowship, that koinonia that the Bible talks about. That's what I think about. I also think about intimacy. Think about the first time I sat at a table with my husband. I sat across from him, staring into those big brown eyes. Amen. (laughs) I think about the significance of a table with my kids, where I've seen them grow, right, at the table, where at one point in their lives they're in the high chair. Then they were sitting on their own. and, And now, you know, it's like calling them to the table and like, come on, guys, let's all get to the table. Let's come to the table. Oh, man, I think about my grandmother. Oh, my gosh, I think about the cooking and the smells. 
sitting at the table in her kitchen and watching her cook, watching her bake, watching her love on everybody. Oh, man, the table. Oh, what does that mean to you when you think of a table? Well, for the Lord, the table is also significant. If you know this, I'm not sure if you know, but in the tabernacle of the Lord, there is a table in the tabernacle of the Lord. It's called the table of showbread. That table of showbread that's in the tabernacle that the Lord said to build, he said to build this table and that it had to have the 12 loaves of bread. They weren't to be eaten. They were just to be shown there. And they represented the 12 tribes of Israel. This table represented the constant covenant that God has with his people that he provides for them. He will always provide for his people. That's what the table uh, means. We think about the table that Jesus sat at, right, when he had the supper with his disciples. He sat at this table. He broke bread. He gave it. He began to reveal some things to them at the table. So the table is also a place of revelation, but it was also a place of communion where he said, we're going to become one. What does the table mean to you? And so the Lord is inviting us to come take a seat at the table. There's a place for you. No matter what the world tells you, you have a seat. I want you to let that sink in. You have a seat at the table. Remember the prodigal son, when the, when he came home, the father said, prepare a feast. I want my son who's come home to sit at the table. I have already been waiting afar off. In other words, he had already prepared a place for that to happen. I want you to know that the Lord has a special place prepared for you. He has a place where he says, just come here. Sit right here at my table. Come and feast. Come and fellowship. Come and commune. Come and connect. Come and get the revelation. Come and understand this covenant that I have with you. That will never, ever be broken. I promised it, and I'm a promise keeper. The table of the Lord, it's been set. He even said that there will be another time when we will eat with him, amen, and we will drink with him. Imagine it. There's a table that's waiting for you to come and sit. But you don't have to wait until you've crossed over. You can come now because it's at the table that you know who you are. Your identity is at the table. So I want to share a few scriptures and uh, just a a story in the Bible. We're going to meditate on this week about the significance of the table and how it has a lot to do with identity and who you are, that there's always a seat for you, that God keeps his promises, amen? So we're going to 
meditate on a scripture this week, which is in Psalm 23. Many of you know the scripture, but I want to read it. And I want want you to let this sink in because the Bible says in verse uh, 5 in Psalm 23, you, referring to the Lord, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. What is that saying? But there is a place for you to come and sit where the enemy has to watch you. (laughs) Watch you be blessed. Watch you be healed. Watch you be covered. Watch you be protected. Watch you be identified as, as a daughter or a son of the king. Come on. Think about that. Think about that. It seems like the enemy tries to keep you from the table, keep you from knowing that the table has been prepared for you. But he has to sit and watch you. He can't come to the table. There's no place for him. The only way that he comes to that table is if you invite him in. You have a seat. He doesn't. He wishes he had that seat. In fact, We know his story. He did have a seat at the table. But because he wanted to be at the head of the table, he no longer has a seat. So know that God has prepared this table for you. I want you to go to 2 Samuel 9. I want to read this to you. The powerful moment about this table of the Lord, the significance of this covenant that we have and this promise. So it says, 2 Samuel 9, verse 1, Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now to give you a little background, David had made a covenant with Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of Saul, the former king. And at this moment, David had become king, Saul and Jonathan are gone. They, they, you know, died. And now David's stepping into his kingship. But, of course, what he, in, you know, in David's fashion, you know, he had such a heart, a, a incredible heart. He doesn't want to move forward in his kingship, amen, without keeping a promise that he made with Jonathan. He had made a covenant with Jonathan. And so he asked the question, is there anyone left in Jonathan's household, right, that I can show kindness to? Because he says, I want to keep my promise. I want to keep the covenant that I made with my friend and my brother, Jonathan. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may um, show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. 
So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Mashir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. This king David sent and brought him out of the house of Mashir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face, prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You, therefore, your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, says the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. You have a seat at the table. You're a son. You're a daughter. Do you know that? That you can sit at his table always and feast? There's no lack at the table. There's no rejection at the table. I come after rejection this morning. And I tell rejection to get off of you now in Jesus' name. That spirit of rejection, go. I'm speaking to anyone who feels like they have to perform to get the love of God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't have to perform. God can't deliver the fake you. Come as you are to the table. He may say, Renisa, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. That's okay. That's okay. Mephibosheth was a mess. If you notice, he said that the son of Jonathan that was left was Mephibosheth. And he was lame in both feet. You see, when they were trying to run from the enemy, his maidservant dropped him which crushed his feet and made him lame his entire life. And some of us don't feel like we have a place 
at the table because of our brokenness, because of broken places in us, because of our past, because of what we've done, because of what we did. But that didn't matter because they had a covenant. David had a covenant. God has a covenant with you through the blood of Jesus. This is for those who know the Lord. You are in covenant with Jesus. Through his blood that was shed on the cross, you now have this covenant with him. And so that's what the Lord is in constant pursuit of, his sons and daughters, to come and sit at the table and eat with him always. It's through the blood of Jesus. It's through the body. That's what Jesus was letting his disciples know on that night when he had that supper. He wanted them to know, you see this table? It's not just any ordinary table. This is the table of the Lord. I'm showing you now what will happen always. You will always be able to eat at my table. You will always be able to drink at my table because we're in covenant. And so whatever the world tries to tell you, whatever the enemy tries to tell you, you're accepted. He has prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemy. So I want to speak to anyone who's been fighting off the lives of enemies, who's tried to tell you you don't fit in, that you're peculiar. Yeah. You are peculiar. (laughs) Just accept it. (laughs) You are. You don't fit in. Listen, I've been told in my life that I don't fit in. From probably elementary all the way up into my adulthood, I've been told that. And you know what? It messed me up. For years, I tried to fit in. I tried to be with the crowd. I I tried to do all the things. But guess what? God always reminded me, you will never fit in. You will never fit in because I didn't make you to fit in. God doesn't make, uh, you know, carbon copies. He makes us all different, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Come on, right? Because I don't look like... Mama Lori, right? But that's okay. He made her who she is. And he made you me who I am. We both have a seat at the table. Just because she looks one way, she doesn't get a, a seat, and I don't get a seat. Come on, because that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's from the enemy. That's from the pit of hell that would say that one person can sit there and another can't. Because you see, David, the king, only cared about the covenant. He only cared about keeping the covenant. And also, this table represents restoration. It's a restoration of identity. You see, the world will tell you based on how you look, your economic status, your education, right? Oh, you you can't go into that room. You can't sit at that table. How dare you? Who do you think you are? But I need you to look at the world and the enemy and say, I know who I am. (laughs) I know who I am. I have a seat at the table. I have a seat at the table. I know who I am. Sis, brother, do you know who you are? Do you know? When the enemy comes, 
Are you seated at that table? (laughs) I think of that table so significant because guess what? When you're seated there, he can't come over. He can't take a seat there. He has to watch you. He has to watch God fight your battle for you. He has to watch God prosper you. He has to watch God bless you. He has to watch God heal you. He has to watch that. You're seated at the table of the Lord. And listen, this is not a game of musical chairs. (laughs) Come on. This is not musical chairs, Christianity, right? I'll sit at the table and then I get up and go out and I'll sit at the table and get up and go. And then, no, you need to stay seated. You need to stay seated at the table of the Lord because that's where you belong. That's where you belong. So I just want to remind you this morning, you're loved, you're accepted, And as long as you are under the shadow of his wing, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. As long as you are under the shadow of his wing, he will keep you. He will restore you. He will teach you. He will reveal to you. Stay there. Stay at the table. Stay at the table of the Lord. So I just want to pray. Hallelujah. Father, right now I just think, thank you for the reminder of where we are seated. That we have a place at the table. Father, I thank you for setting the table for us this morning that we can come and take our seat and eat. Father, right now, as all of us are here seated at the table of the Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there's not one seat that's empty. There's not one seat that's empty this morning. That we've all come to sit and to feast with you, and to sup with you, and to fellowship with you. Father, I pray that it's at the table of the Lord that we're reminded of the covenant, the promise that you said in your word. I pray, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, that if the enemy has attacked our identity, Father, remind us of who we are and whose we are right now at the table. I break rejection off of you this morning. I break anxiety off of you, fear. That's not the fruit that's being served at this table this morning. That's not the food that he wants you to eat of. Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. So eat of him. Eat of him. Eat of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
Eat a plate of joy. Eat a plate of love. Drink up peace. It's all now available for you at the table. And you have a place. You have a place right here at this table. And Father, I thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for encouraging us in the Lord. Amen. And amen.